from yearning to learning, our transition from the prayer service of more to the prayer service now of Torah. On page 1173, this morning's Kriyata Torah, Parshat Vayelech, Deuteronomy 31, verse 1, which is really small, but you have Chumashim, so we didn't even need it, did we? We're going to just go, we're going to go backwards, because that just doesn't look normal. We're going to be there for a while. You all have Chumashim. I thought we weren't have Chumashim. Okay, great, perfect. 1173. Page 1173, 1173, 1173. <laughs> we read this Torah portion between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur every year, and of course it's apropos because Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses the teacher, our teacher, is, is dying. And Moses, in this reading, is really at his last moment. And he's trying to exhort the people. He's trying to really give them his last will and testament in, in a very punctuated way. He's trying to say to them, you're going to forget. I keep saying this, and I have to keep reminding you that you will forget. Remember that you're going to forget. You're going to forget. You're going to forget, 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 forget. And your forgetfulness will do you in. But if you write this Torah and you put it in your mouth and you live with this Torah as a song, make it into a song. This reading, this morning's reading, is the source in the Talmud that says that anybody who learns Torah without a song, right, it's not a good thing. Right? There's a sing-song to learning. There's a, a, a soundtrack to Mishnah and to Talmud. There's a, there's a cadence, there's a rhythm, there's a lift to it. And it begins, though, and the word of the, the Parsha's name is, of course, with the first word of the Parsha that is a significant word, Vayelech Moshe. If you're reading Torah carefully, and we, and we have to be careful readers of Torah, because Torah isn't, right, the easiest thing in the world would be to open up a, a cookbook and just have a recipe, but the Torah doesn't work that way. Some parts of the Torah are like that. You can read it and it tells you directly what its lesson is, but sometimes the way that we read it and how we how we marinate in it, the kind of question that we ask of it is what it needs to tell us its lesson. And one of the ways the Torah disguises or makes us work to find a lesson is by telling us a word that we could do without. Right? There could have been an easier way for the, the Parsha to begin, but when you get a word that's like, oh, why is this word in the Parsha? Why is this word here? It invites Midrashic imagination and invites a story. So the word Vayelech, which is the beginning of the Parsha, Vayelech. Can everybody say that, Sam? Can you say that? Vayelech. Vayelech. One more time. Vayelech. Can you hear the word walking? Holech. Halacha, to walk. The Parsha begins with telling us that Moses walked, but where did he go to? Like, what, 
Does the Torah tell us where he went? Vayelech Moshe. Could we have done without that? Vayelech Moshe, he went. The Torah doesn't always tell us the activities of each of its actors without there being something significant about it. So, like, what do you think, Alina? Where is Moses going? He's going to the people. So that's exactly what the Midrash says. Where did he go? He went to each and every one of the tribes. Why is it important for us to know that he went to each and every one of the tribes? He wanted to include everybody, okay. Why did he have to go to each and every one of the tribes? Say goodbye. Evelyn, in the Midrashic mind of Evelyn, of course, here channeling all of the sages, why did Moshe go? He went to speak to them and to give them a direct message and to do nechama. He went to comfort them. The Torah tells us that Moses knew that he was about to die and he went to tell them it's going to be okay. He went to each and every one of them. He didn't like have a public address. He said, I'm going to go to each and every one of them and say, I know that you're scared, but it's going to be okay. How many people here remember when, um, here at Romamu, I, I played uh, Reb Zalman's Into Your Blessed Hands. It was a, a part of a series called Great, Graceful Passages. Reb Zalman and the music of, um, I forgot the composer's name, Gary. Gary, I'll get back to it. And in Reb Zalman's meditation on dying, he says, to those who are going to be listening to this, and I can, you know, at the time that I heard it, the first time Reb Zalman was still here, right? So now it's like, now it's really relevant because he's not, and he said to God and to the people who are listening, I leave the world in your blessed hands. That was the title of the track. Like, it's, it's gonna be okay. I'm, I'm sure you'll finish the work that I didn't finish, and it'll be okay. In fact, that actually, Thematically, narratively, it actually ties in why he has to go and tell everybody that Joshua is going to be great. Because here in the Parsha, he says, hey, this is, this is Joshua. You all know him. He's my right-hand guy. This is a succession plan. I know. You're all fixated on me. It's going to be okay. Joshua is going to take you in. It's bigger than me, Moshe says. It's bigger than me, right? What else? Vayelech Moshe. Why did the Torah tell us that Vayelech Moshe? He went. Anybody? So Ariel says, Ariel says, you know, this is a great leader. He had something to tell to the people, but he didn't say to himself, you know, I'm going to wait until they come and knock on my door. I'm going to go to them. This is a leader. He had an important message to deliver, and he didn't actually, he didn't like set anybody up. He went himself, all by himself. He didn't wait for them. That was always Moshe's way. He didn't wait. Right? In the story of, of Korach, his cousin's rebellion, when his entire world became destabilized, the earth beneath him literally was shaking, Moshe went to say sorry or to make amends. So here Moshe, lishitato, the way that Moshe works, that's the way he rolls, that Moses, Moses rolls that way. He's gonna go talk to the people. Okay, vayilach, anybody else? Yes, I can't see, but is that Dina?
Which is pretty amazing, though. Amazing. So Dina's Torah is the Vayelach here points out what the Torah will later on point out about Moses, that he was 120 years old and low. He, he didn't, his eyes didn't dim. He was still alive and vibrant, right? But what's amazing is, of course, it's, it runs counter to the narrative that he will tell them in verse 2. I am 120 years, and he said this line in, in Yiddish, in the original. <laughs> he said to them, No, ich bin 120 That's the way it goes. Those who get that, you get that. Those who don't, I'm sorry. Anochi. I can't go in, I can't do this business of, of going in and out. I can't. So what's so amazing, so you point out, Dina, something that actually the Mepharshim, the, the commentators also point out, that Moshe, the fact that the Torah begins with Moshe's activity, his energy, his vibrancy, right? Moses is going. Way to go, Mo, he's going. He's got mojo, he's going. But then he says about himself, no, I don't have it. So the Mepharshim here explain exactly what you said, but they add a little piece. They say, of course Moshe had it. But sometimes a leader, especially in moments of transition, in order to make room for the next, the one who's coming, is to pull back and say, you know, I really can't do it. Like, I could do it. We know that you could do it. But you're not the one to do it. Moshe is not leaving the scene because he doesn't have the energy, but because he's no longer the right person for that position, for that job. Joshua is. And he has to actually support Joshua's ascendancy in some very powerful way, saying, like, I can't do it any longer. And maybe even in this case, the Mephoshim say, the commentators say that maybe he didn't tell exactly the truth. Like, he was willing to say, no, I can't, it's not me anymore. My time's over. You know me, I can't come and go anymore. Meanwhile, he could, but it wasn't the right thing. And how important transitions are, how important succession plans are, how important it is, especially in the year of awakening voice, right? One of the great, of course, those who step forward all the time have to step back. And those who step back have to step forward, right? There has to be room made for voices because sometimes Right? It's not just enough to say, well, if you have a voice, why don't you just use it? Well, I would, but you're, you know, you know I can't get a word in edgewise. So I have to step back a little bit. That's Vayelech, just for one little word. Who else? I thought I saw hands up. Yeah, Brad. So the whole associative cluster, the whole the valence of the word to go is to pass over to. So maybe he's actually, Vayelech means that he's actually, he's on the way now. He's already accepted it and he's, he's, he's in it. He's on the way to leave. He's leaving, right? That's the Vayelech. Um, and that that leaving itself is signaled. The signaling of his activity is also a signal of his, of his mental and emotional state that his readiness to go. He's not, it's not... He's not being sent, he's also going, right? He's actively engaging in his own leaving the scene. 
And it's a beautiful Torah. We'll come back to this Torah in a moment of, from last year. People might remember last year's Torah on Vayelach. We'll, we'll, I'm going to bring that in in a moment. Yes. Karen Freed. Mm. Mm. So Moshe could have been a child. And in many ways, in Parshat Ve'et Hanan, there are moments, there's moments in Moshe's leadership where he is stomping his feet and saying, no, 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 I want to go, right? But the mature leader that Moshe is, or at least the mature leader that the authors who describe a Moshe that we should emulate are telling us that as leaders, we don't always get exactly what we want, but that we shouldn't take our ball and go home. Like there's still work for you to do. There's still, right, there's still a place for you to be active and for you to make a difference, right? Leaders have to model what it is to be healthily frustrated, right? To find an avenue, even if, you know, like as they say in Yiddish, Nacha Yiddish say, you know, a Yid, is, a yid knows how to, like, uh, no, what's the phrase, Judy, for a, an Eitzah, a Yid, like, like, there's a Yiddish saying that Jews always find a way, right? The Jews find a way. We find a way in. So here Moshe Rabbeinu is Vayedach Moshe. He doesn't get to go into the land, but he gets to go to the people and help them make it into the land. And that's a, a powerful sentiment about his self-sacrifice and his self-transcendence. Beautiful. Yonatan, Arnon. Hmm. So here, Yonatan is bringing us back to chapter, uh, chapter 12 of the book of Genesis. So we went all the way from chapter 31 of Deuteronomy. Everybody watching this, we're going 30, 31 Deuteronomy all the way over here. Chapter 12 of Genesis. And saying here in chapter 12 of Genesis, there, wasn't, there was a walking, but it wasn't a walking in the third person. It was a walking in a, a command. Lech lecha. God, outside of Abraham, says, it's time for you to go. And Abraham says, okay, cool. And here in chapter 31, Moses completing the story of Abraham, that's what you're saying, I think. There's a, a moment here of, he knew of his own accord that it was time for him to walk. Is that what you're saying? He knew, internalized, that it wasn't, he didn't need a command to tell him that where he needed to go, not the promised land, but the promised people, needed his, right, him to be a leader and to go to that place. And because maybe they had never experienced a great leader like Moses dying from the scene. Aaron had died already and they cried incredibly. You know, they were torn. And Miriam died, that was horrible. But Moshe, Moshe was everything to them. Right? Without Moshe, how are they gonna make it into the, into the, into the, you know, he took them out from where they couldn't get out. 
How is he? And so he had to go there. I want to come back to, the, to, to Brad's Torah and, and also to this notion from last year. And then I saw your hand. Neil, I want, I want to hear your, what, your, what your Torah is. There's a sense from Vayelech Moshe that in the 13th century, in the 13th century in the Zohar, the Zohar says two things about this. Everybody still with me? Nechem, you're with me? With me, good, okay. I, I just want to be with me and then I'll be with you. Okay, good. Moshe lo istav lomit. Ela istabak v'shchinta v'ayel lechaye olam v'hachaye chay ikrei. The Zohar says that Moshe never died. He became completely attached to the divine, consumed, as it were, by his love for God. And in that sense, Vayelech Moshe, as you pointed out, Yonatan is not, is it future, is it past? There's, there's this kind of Moshe still alive business that we talked about last year. That Moshe is still alive. In every generation, there is an expression of Moshe. There's a little bit of Moshe in every generation. Jacob, the Talmud says, never died, and Moshe never dies. And last year, if you remember, we said the Moshe is the one or the part of the one who has physically passed from the plane but is still here with us. Do you all remember this last year? People stood up and said, here's my Moshe. Right? Moshe is still alive in me when. My loved one is still alive in me when. Remember that? So here, in light of that, one Hasidic Rebbe, one Hasidic teacher says, that for Moshe, the word Vayelech is used in describing his death because his death was like walking from one room to another. For Moshe, who was so ready in a way to pass away or in the ideal image of this spiritual leader, the spiritual master, his own passing from the physical form was nothing more than a, a stroll. It's hard to imagine that, right? Imagine someone who is that ready or that, right, so prepared for dying. But that's Vayelech Moshe. Neil. But it always, for Neil, for you, it struck you as being self-defeating, as a kind of voice of self-fulfilling prophecy. I can't, any, I can no longer go, and, and I won't any longer go. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So I think that there's, there's that there too. That there's, like, be, be careful, even in this case, like, be careful about what it is that you say to yourself and how you convince yourself. I want to just push back on it and riff in a, in a different direction, which is to say, I kind of feel like this moment is Moshe's great, great moment, because 
it took someone named Yitro, his father-in-law, to teach him la'uchal, right? right? He said to him, the words, the same words that Moshe now parrots back to the people. He says, his father-in-law says to him, Moses, before you stand at Sinai, recognize that you can't do it alone. And here's the moment where Moshe intentionally and voluntarily and it seems with some degree of not only compliance but like acquiescence or even a vital sense of how important it was for him to be supported and let other leaders shine. He says, Lo'uchal, I can't. Maybe I thought at one point in my life I could do it, but now I can't without the price that I have to pay. But there is this other side too of, as you're saying, like, be careful because if you're not Moshe and you have adopt this perspective and you're only, you know, maybe you should be stepping up. So here's the covenant. Here's one of the call for the Aliyah this morning. As we do here at Romamu, this is a group Aliyah. Anybody who feels comfortable standing and coming forward uh, for this Aliyah, please do so. I want to call two things. One is the sense from this verse that leaders, leaders have to find a way to participate and find the courage when course corrected to find a different way to lead. Even in diminished capacities, even with frustrations, even when they don't get what they first want, to make a promise today to find another way in and not to give up. That was the first call. The second call is, um, in this aliyah, is for people who are in leadership positions to be abundantly aware of young and up and coming, and by young here I don't mean age-wise, I mean people who are in need of elevation, right, where we step back so that they can step forward. That is one way not only to have a voice but also to maintain uh, a very vibrant dynamic of voices, especially in our theme this year, of being able to listen deeply for where it is I'm being called to actively engage doing tzimtzum, of pulling back slightly to let other voices rise. If either of those speaks to you this morning, and that is your intention for this Shabbat Shuvah, at least at this moment, please come forward for the first aliyah as a group aliyah.